Hey everybody, this is Jay, and welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. So, last night, uh, Friday, October 12th, DC Universe premiered Titans, Episode 1. So let me ask you this, have you ever found yourself with, like, an hour of free time, and you're like, gosh, I'd really love to waste this hour of free time? Well, don't waste it watching Titans. Really, please, find another constructive way to, to waste your hour than to watch the season premiere of Titans. So, going forward, spoilers will abound, but quite honestly, you really shouldn't care about that because, yeah, I mean, if you can't tell, I was highly, highly disappointed. Now, in all fairness, um, I wasn't really looking forward to this show, and that's kind of a crime because... I've always been a fan of the Titans, the Teen Titans, the New Teen Titans, uh, the Cartoon Network show, uh, even some of the DC animated films like Judas Contract, uh, Titans vs. Uh, Justice League. I mean, really, just about, heck, you know, over the summer, Diana and I saw Teen Titans go to the movies, and I really enjoyed it, just because of the, the pot shots that it took at superhero culture in general. See our episode that we did on that. Um... I've always loved the Titans. I mean, I remember watching the Filmation cartoons, uh, very badly animated, um, very flimsy storylines, but it was just really, really good fun. In the 80s, they sort of rebooted the Titans. They they brought about the new Teen Titans with a very familiar-looking lineup of uh, Cyborg, Raven, Robin, Starfire, and back then he was known as Changeling, but would go on to be known as Beast Boy. Uh, art was by George Perez, I believe. I mean, that was a great run. Um, you know, even some of the current iterations of it. I mean, Diana has become a huge fan of the Titans. Uh, she loved the Cartoon Network show. She loved Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Um, she's been reading a lot of the collected trades that they've done, uh, the, new, the new sort of run of Titans and Teen Titans. Uh, and she really, really enjoys it. So the thing is to, to really not look forward to this show. I mean, when they first announced it, wow, a live action Titans, a live action Teen Titans, that's great. When pictures started coming out, when the trailer started to drop, my enthusiasm really, really waned. But look, let's give it a fair shake, right? I did. And God, it fell flat on its face. Um, where, where to begin? Here's the thing. I think what I really love most about the Titans, the Teen Titans, whatever you want to call them, are the characters. I mean, the character development, you know, in any of the runs, I mean, character development is really, really key with this team. I mean, you have such a complex melding of characters and that's really the hallmark that's really what makes the titans such a great team is you know they they have so many different psyches thrown in there they have so many different components thrown in there and i'm just i'm not talking powers and abilities i, I i'm i'm talking each individual's character um, you know, when you kind of look at it on the surface, you almost wonder how this mix of personalities could, could get along and fight as a unit, but yet they're probably one of the strongest families in the DC universe. I mean, the Justice League is great, don't get me wrong, but to me, the Titans, the Titans aren't a super team, the Titans are a family, and 
what I saw in this premiere is I said to myself, oh God, where, where's the character development? Where Where is anything really in this? I mean, was it all horrible? No, there were some good points. So maybe let me get that out of the way. Let me talk about the good points. Um, so, you know, we're introduced to, you know, Raven and we're introduced to Dick Grayson slash Robin in the beginning. So let me, let me kind of focus on Robin. Um, seeing Robin in, you know, the, um, it's actually not the Jason Todd costume. Um, but seeing, but I mean, seeing, seeing, you know, seeing sort of like that, that newer Robin costume, um, with the leggings instead of the little shorty shorts fighting with the bow staff, um, and just, just the whole scene in the beginning. And again, once again, spoilers guys. So, you know, the whole scene in the beginning where he's going after a guy that, uh, you know, Dick Grayson is in Detroit. He's transferred from the GCPD. He's come out to Detroit. He talks about the fact that he didn't see eye to eye with his partner anymore. Gosh, I wonder who he's talking about. I mean, obviously, he had a falling out with Batman. And I mean, you know, Dick Grayson did in the comics. I mean, that's absolutely fine. You know, their ideologies didn't match up. You know, and and that was the one thing I did kind of like is that when he's explaining it later on, um, he's explaining it to his new partner who is policewoman unforgettable character number one i don't even remember her name she was barely a character in this other than just to be like gosh dick you really don't like having partners do you i'm like just just no connection there don't even remember her name i'm not even gonna like push pause and google it and just she was just such a non-entity hopefully they develop her a little bit out because that's that's you know i mean that's that's kind of a good dynamic to have the fact that yeah dick grayson didn't have a good relationship with his last partner who obviously was Batman um and sort of developing a relationship with a new partner um you know while he's also trying to maintain you know his persona as Robin I mean that's that's something very very interesting but right off the bat I mean she was just a non-factor but I did like the fact you know that he sort of said that look yeah my old partner he you know they kind of considered him a hero and I really looked up to him and I really wanted to be like him you know and just and just that whole sort of soliloquy that he gave on you know what happened between him and Batman was was really really great and again that whole scene where he's um you see him doing detective work as Dick Grayson to track down a uh, drug dealer that um, it strongly hint that he, you know, he abuses children, perhaps molests them, maybe even sells them off. I mean, this 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 is a dirty, dirty guy, and and you know that's that's the one thing about this show is. You know, this is definitely not a kid-friendly show. Like, if you have kids that love Teen Titans Go, steer them away for this. This this is Titans for adults. I'll, I'll just say that right off the bat. Um, but that whole scene where he, he's pretty much like, he doesn't care that those guys are selling drugs, you know. He's like, you know... You know, he's like, I'm here for one guy and one guy only. And he dismantles this entire gang. Um, and... It's, it's just amazing. You know, fight scenes were incredible. Again, sort of seeing that, that nor, um, Richard Todd, that's who it is. Seeing sort of like the Richard Todd, uh, Robin costume. I mean, he even broke out the staff. That was great. 
unfortunately, I really think that's about it for this this episode. That was really, really good. Um, Raven. Okay, so Raven is introduced as Rachel Roth. Uh, you know, she's a young girl who has something inside of her. Now, look, we've we've seen this with Raven in the past, and I don't have a problem with it. You know, we know that in the comics, uh, you know, Raven is the product. Uh, she's the offspring of a human and a demon. The demon, most times in the comics, is is Trigon, and you know, I'm going to assume that it's go- you know that she's the daughter of Trigon and of course you know Trigon uses her basically as a gateway to come into our realm and sort of take over and that's really what it's kind of hinted at here now they might go in a little bit of a different direction with it that's absolutely fine I don't know I just the the way they were showing her abilities just the actress portraying her um I, I don't know. I just... I, I didn't feel like I was watching Raven. I just... I don't know. I, again, I just couldn't connect with the character. I... I you know... And, and the thing is, is, is we know so much about Raven outside of this show. And I felt that they had really, really great source material with it. Um, I mean, you know, we see her in the beginning. Uh, she has a nightmare uh, where she sees uh, the Flying Graysons get killed. Uh, and she really connects with Dick Grayson. She actually feels his pain, and it's almost sort of like a way that, <coughs> excuse me, that you know she knows that she she has to seek this boy out, uh, this this uh, Dick Grayson. Well, she doesn't know his name is Dick Grayson, but she knows she has to seek this guy out. He can help her. Okay, that's fine. I'm fine with that. <coughs> Sorry about that. But, you know, just the whole, the fact that, you know, she's living with her mom, who, I mean, we, we know this is not her mother. We, we just know it. Um, you know, with the 10,000 crucifixes on the door, um, you know, the fact that the mom, the, the mom, air quotes, kind of has an idea of what's going on with this young girl. You know, obviously she wants answers. And look, I get it. It's for her own protection. Nobody can really tell her, you know, who she really is and what's really going on with her. But just, just you know, in these opening scenes, you know, after Raven has this nightmare, she's downstairs in the kitchen. Her mom comes down. They have a little exchange. You know, it's sort of like, oh, the mom is really tired, probably because she's staying up late at night worried about Raven. Rachel, sorry. You know, there's a few quips about, you know, yeah, you're so tired, you didn't buy the milk, blah, 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 blah. You know, and then Raven's, like, asking for help, and the mom's like, let's pray. And she's like, I don't want to pray. I want to... And I'm just like, that scene for me was was very, very painful. It could have been a poignant scene. I don't know if it was the writing for it. I don't know if it was the acting for it. Again, a lot of these scenes are coming up, and I'm not making a connection with it. You know, I'm not really connecting with Raven that much, you know, I connected with Dick Grayson Robin a bit, you know, I, I kind of like the fact that, yeah, he wants to break away from Batman, I mean, we see that in the comics, you know, he, he breaks away from Batman, he becomes Nightwing, he goes to Bloodhaven, here on Titans, he'll go to Detroit, that's absolutely fine, that'll be kind of interesting to see where they go with Dick Grayson Robin, but really, other than that, you know, like I said, we're introduced to Raven, and okay, she's Raven. She's got some evil inside of her. Okay, I, I just, I just really couldn't get that connection with her. Now, up next, we have Starfire. Now, I know there was a lot of heat 
no pun intended, about Starfire. Uh, nobody liked the look of her, and you know, I'm I was willing to give it a chance. I, I just I I don't get where they're going with this character. And I know there were people out there that had an issue with the actress that they hired, um, you know, saying they did not care for an African-American actress to portray Starfire. Starfire in the comics is an alien. I don't care who portrays her. That's that's not the point. I, it, it, I don't... It doesn't matter to me. I don't care. Get a great actress in there. Give her a good story. Starfire is an amazing character, and I felt that you took a very popular Titans character, a very beloved Titans character, and again, you know, if you want to take characters from the comics and you want to put your own little spin on them, you want to twist it around a little bit, that's absolutely fine. I mean, we've seen it done. Uh, you know, we've seen a few different versions of Raven. You know, we have seen a few different versions of Starfire. That's absolutely fine. In fact, I really, really welcome it. You know, sometimes it's really nice to get a fresh new look at a character. What? What the hell? are they doing with her? I don't get it. You know, we're introduced to her. She's out in Austria, I think it was. You know, she's somewhere in Europe, uh, somehow involved with some Russian mafiosos. But basically, she wakes up. uh, Clearly, you know, she was run off the road. Her and her well, we don't even know who the guy was. Was he her partner? Was he helping her out? We don't know. Now, I get it. They're setting up a mystery. Ooh, who's this mystery woman? What's her story? They, I, I, I don't know. I, I felt they made her sort of introduction here, her origin, a mystery for mystery's sake. Like, again, I didn't feel compelled to like, ooh, wow, what's going on with this with this character? You know, who is she? Where she's from? Where's she going? I, I can't wait to see. I mean, again... I felt that connection with Dick Grayson because I like the fact that breaking away from Batman, getting a fresh start, you know, clearly leading towards developing into a Nightwing character, but maybe not exactly like they do in the comics. And and I, I that kind of resonated with me and I picked up on it and I, I think and I know I'm talking a lot of trash about this show. I'm going to give it a chance, guys. You know, going forward, I am going to keep watching a few episodes. I do really want to see hopefully it picks up. I really do hope it picks up because again the Titans are very very beloved. It's it's one of my favorite families, superhero families. So I I am going to give it a shot, but again, I felt a connection, you know, or 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 I should say, you know, Dick Grayson sort of resonated with me. I didn't really feel it with Raven, and I definitely didn't feel it with Starfire. Um she obviously was not not like you know they tried to this russian mob tried to run her off the road gun her down uh her and her partner you know she wakes up clearly she hit her head she has amnesia she really has no idea who she is um at first i thought okay this this Corey anders you know this person we see sitting in the car you know perhaps she was a human and she died in this car accident, but an alien symbiote, a, you know, like if Starfire, the, the Starfire character was sort of a symbiote, maybe came down and, and took her over. 
maybe that's where they're going with it. I don't know. All I know is, you know, she wakes up and it's a lot of like, who am I? Oh, I'm a, oh, look at this. I'm Corey Anders and just sort of staggering around, wandering around. Um, you know, she doesn't know who's after her. And then apparently she's trying to find Rachel Roth, AKA Raven. Okay, so you have a mystery girl. We don't know who she is. She doesn't know who she is herself. She's going after somebody, and she doesn't even know why she's going after this person. It's like way too much mystery. Introduce her as a woman of mystery. You know, there's this Corey Anders. You know, we don't know who she is. She knows who she is. She knows what she's up to, but we don't know. Is she an alien? Is she, uh, well... DC doesn't call them mutants, they call them metahumans. You know, is she a metahuman? Because her interactions with this Russian mafia that she was involved with was sort of like that she tricked them, uh, they had no idea who she really was, you know, so did she have these powers and abilities before this car accident? You, You kind of assume she did. But again, like I said, there could be that sort of outside theory that she was just a regular person. Maybe she was a spy, a very well-trained spy who died in this accident pretty much as some alien life form came down and used her body as, as a host. And that's what she did. She woke up. Who knows? Again, I felt like they were just like, we want darkness and we want intrigue and we want mystery. So let's take a mystery and throw a mystery on top of that. And let's just toss another mystery on top of that. Like, I really didn't know what they were trying to do with that character. And again, I wasn't even, I, and I wasn't even, you know, getting peeved off about the look of her. I, I didn't even factor into it. I'm like, what are they, what are they doing? Where are they going? Um, you know, and then her powers activate, you know, she confronts this Russian mob, the guy shoots her, which activates her powers, which are, you know, we got the glowing green eyes, we got sort of the orangish skin as her powers activated, but we didn't get a star bolt, we got flames, so is she pyrokinetic? Maybe, and that's fine, you want to tweak her powers a bit, you want to change them around a bit, that's, that's fine, Uh, Just one big problem with that scene is her powers activate. She unleashes a massive burst of flame. She basically scorches the entire room. Everyone in it, but the picture of Raven is nice and pristine. So she's like, oh, right, this is the person. Like, there there wasn't even a char mark on it. The corner wasn't even singed. Yet, it was sitting on the decks next to the guy that shot her that crumbled into a pile of ash. So, sure. Um fine, you know, mystery girl, whatever, I I don't know, again, I'm not just going to drop this series, I'm going to keep going with it, and I really want to see where they go, here comes probably my biggest complaint, and it's probably from one of the smallest scenes that we had, because very end of the, very end of the episode, we're introduced to Beast Boy, sure, let's just introduce Beast Boy, let's just throw it in there, this was stupid. This was incredibly stupid, and this version of Beast Boy is incredibly stupid, even though we got just a glimpse of him here, so let me let me explain. Um, first of all, this was a very stupid way to introduce him, because you know what? Save it for the next epi- episode, then. Don't just say, oh, crap, we, we still have five minutes to fill. Uh, let's just introduce Beast Boy. It looks like he breaks into a, a, a Best Buy or something, and he steals video games. Okay, hey, look, 
he's a kid, he's a fun-loving kid, you know, that's Gar Logan, I get it, you know, that that's how he is in the comics, sure, that is something that Beast Boy would do, but you break in and you steal video games as a tiger, you can transform into any animal, you don't transform into a little monkey, a squirrel, something to sneak around, no, I'm going to break in and I'm going to turn into a tiger to steal, vi- how the heck? Does a tiger steal video games? You know, does he gently clasp it between his his you know his massive canines in the front? Um, I just kind of felt like, all right, they're just tossing this in there. They're just sort of like, you know, hey kids, don't forget, Beast Boy's in this show too. Introduce him in the next one. That's absolutely fine. It, it kind of actually makes you look forward to it. Like, oh wow, they introduced Beast Boy. I guess he's coming in the next episode. Wow, I wonder what they're going to do with him. It's just sort of like, oh yeah, Beast Boy's here too. Yeah, that's great. Now, here's my big problem with Beast Boy in general. Um, When he transforms back into his normal self, his human self, he looks like a kid with green hair. No green skin, no pointy elfish ears, just a kid. I have a huge problem with that. Again, I said, you know, look, you want to take characters, you want to tweak them, you want to modify them a bit. Hey, I'm all for it. But a modification or a tweak like this to Beast Boy is totally destroying the character, and I'll explain why. I think the best way to really sort of look at this is if you go back to the Cartoon Network, you know, Teen Titans show, and you see Beast Boy there. Beast Boy is the comic relief. You know, he's the fun-loving guy. He's always cracking jokes. He and Cyborg, they're best buds. Uh, You know, he's always hitting on the ladies. He does this for a reason. He does this because he probably is one of the more powerful members of the Titans. Uh... He has the ability to pretty much shapeshift into any animal. He could take any animal form. He can transform into anything. Heck, there was an episode where they went to Tamaran with Starfire, and at a key moment, because he had seen them, he transformed into some Tamaranian beast. Beast Boy is incredibly powerful. But at the end of the day, when his transformations are done and he goes back to his, his standard appearance, he's a freak. He has to live with the fact that he can transform into any animal perfectly. End of the day, he looks like a freak. That's where the humor comes from. You know, it's a defense mechanism. And I, and I, and I, you know, and that resonates with me because humor is my defense mechanism. You know, I see a little bit of beast, you know, I see a little bit of beast boy in me and vice versa. I totally get that that's gone now you know he transforms back into his human self he's a punk kid with green hair okay so he's going to crack some jokes and he's going to be funny he's going to be the funny guy but you know that was the appeal of the character is all that humor that was his defense mechanism again go back to the cartoon network show when tara tara when she you know when she joins the team right away she starts flirting with Beast Boy. Beast Boy's flirting with her. They start to develop a relationship. And he's a little gun-shy about it. You know, for all of his bravado, which he puts out there, again, defense mechanism, he's very shy about it. You know, he's very shy about developing a relationship with Tara because he's like, I am a freak. She's this gorgeous blonde. You know, she's fun. She's great. She's pretty. You know, 
She thinks I'm the funny guy, but she doesn't want to really get to know me because I am a freak. They do develop a relationship. We then go on to discover that she's working for Slade, and it was all to take the Titans down. And, I mean, to say that Beast Boy had a broken heart, that doesn't even... I mean, everything about him, everything about his character was destroyed, which was Slade's point. That's what Slade wanted to do. If you watch that episode, it wasn't, wow, Tara has great powers and abilities to take down the Titans. She played on each and every one of their weaknesses. That's how she defeated the Titans. That's how she took them out for Slade. You know, and to to lead Beast Boy on like that, to make him fall in love with her, and to make him believe that there was somebody out there that could love him despite his appearance, and then to, to, to reveal that, you know, it was all, it was a trick, it was a joke. I mean, she, she probably didn't even have to throw a punch against him. I mean, he was he was done. He was defeated. He was crushed. That's the character of Beast Boy. He's not just some green guy that turns into any animal and makes jokes. He's a deep, complex character. And what I just saw last night on Titans is some punk kid who can transform into any animal. Ha 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 ha. Great. I can really resonate with one character on this show, and that's, you know, Dick Grayson slash Robin. And that's it. So... You know, I want to compare this premiere to a premiere, you know, last year. Uh, Hulu, in association with Marvel, put out The Runaways. Now, I love The Runaways, and I've talked about it, you know, on this podcast. you got to go way, way back for it, guys. But I talked about The Runaways. And the thing is, the big beef that people have with The Runaways was, oh, my God, this show is so slow-paced. They're not even using their powers. It's been four or five episodes. We haven't even seen Gert's dinosaur yet. They were doing that because they were developing the characters. In the comics, in that initial run of the Runaways, their parents were, I don't want to say they were non-factors, but they really weren't strong characters. We really knew very, very little about them. You know, we, we knew why they were working with the Gaborum, you know, sort of, you know, what they were up to, but we really didn't know them. Um, I think... You know, the showrunner for Runaways, and I think it's Jeff Loeb, um, I think he realized, like, look, this show's going to go on for a few seasons. Uh, we have to flesh characters out, you know. People kind of know the kids. We don't know the parents at all. So they were developing, they were developing the kids. You got to know the kids. You got to know their characters, you know, for better or for worse, because some were developed very well, some were a little underdeveloped. I'm talking to you, Carolina. Um... But you really got to know the parents. You got to know these characters in that first episode, in that premiere episode of The Runaways. You know, we, the Minaroos. We got to know them. You know, we got to know the Wilders. You know, we, we, got to, we got insight into them. I was like, oh my God, they're not just sort of faceless, nameless villains in the background. You know, they're people with problems and struggles, you know, and... It was very, very interesting, and it made the show very compelling that, you know, yeah, they didn't really use their abilities until the very end, and even then it was very sparingly, you know, Gert and Old Lace, her dinosaur, they didn't really hook up very much in that show. That's fine. That's what season two is for. We've set the stage. We've developed the characters. Now let's see those characters in action. This premiere of Titans, Robin aside, I'm like, who are these other people in the show? 
I'm not making a connection with them. And again, guys, thanks for ruining Beast Boy. Because to me, Beast Boy is utterly and totally ruined. Maybe they could salvage Raven. Maybe they could salvage Starfire. We haven't seen Hawk and Dove yet. I don't think they're going to be big players in this show. I mean, I'm, I really do want to see the progression of Robin into Nightwing. I think they are going to do that. So I do want to stick around for that. Maybe Starfire and Raven, maybe that could be salvaged. But, you know, thanks for the crappy introduction to Beast Boy. And just thanks for ruining Beast Boy, guys. Just, just, it's heartbreaking. It's really, really heartbreaking. But that being said, I am going to stick with it for, for a couple of episodes. I really do want to see where it goes. And I am really enjoying DC Universe. And I know, and I know Diana is really enjoying DC Universe. It was actually kind of sad. We were, we were supposed to watch it together last night. I picked her up from college. I drove her back. Hey, we're going to watch Titans. We're going to watch Titans. She kind of had a look on her face when we got back. She's like, um, I, I don't think I want to watch it tonight. Uh, she wanted to start binge watching Arrested Development and she fell in love with that show as I knew she would um I kind of had a feeling I kind of have a feeling she might not watch this show at all um she is a huge Titans fan and I think she gets a sense from what she has seen so far and you know while she was watching Arrested Development you know I was on my computer with my earbuds in and I think she just saw the look and reaction on my face and maybe one day she'll take a look at it but um yeah and that's kind of sad because like I said she's a big Titans fan Teen Titans fan and she just (laughs) I think this show sort of sucked the life out of her before she even saw it but she is enjoying DC Universe. I'm enjoying DC Universe. There have been some great stuff on that that I've watched that I want to talk about. Death of Superman, uh, Batman Ninja, uh, Gotham by Gaslight. Um, getting to watch some of the old shows. Diana's watching Static. You know, she remembers watching it as a kid. She's really connecting again with that show. She never watched Young Justice. She's starting to get into it. I cannot wait for Young Justice season three. So Titans might be a letdown. But DC Universe overall is definitely not a letdown. I think it's a great thing. Maybe they could save this show. Maybe they got good things coming. I'm going to stick it out. You know, it's it, it's going to take a lot more than what I saw last night to kill this show for me. Uh, I'm going to stay tuned. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it again next week, and I will come back and I'll report on it. All right, guys, don't forget www.brothersandarmchairs.com. That's the website. That's your link to some of the best podcasts out there. Of course, your favorite, Stuff You Don't Need to Know, Nerd and Me, Enter the Nerd Zone, Fat Guys in Little Coats, Defender of the Realm. Great shows, great podcasters. We all know our stuff. This is Jay. I'll talk to you later.